going to start this week's episode while Dylan has his mouth full of this truffle thing. Hmm? So, um, ignore him and I'll just start us off. It's so good, though. I, I know. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Carpe Noctum. It's a special episode. The most consistently podcast out there. Yeah, well, yeah we, do, we do a great job. Um, and I lied, this isn't a special episode. But every episode is special. <laughs> Every, every episode is special, so in a oh way, boy. I didn't lie. This week, it's been a couple weeks since we've uh, since we've come to Yin's, but um, here we are. This week, I know we got some scary stories to talk about. Spooky. Yeah, to celebrate Spooktober, I got a couple random things to drop. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and then whatever Dylan has to talk about. Yep. Uh, you want to talk? You want to talk first? No, let's go with your stuff first. Okay. Well. First thing I want to share, like I said, it's Spooktober. Mm-hmm. So we're going to share one of our favorite scary stories we've ever heard. Um, they could be true. They could not be. We can specify. I know mine is based on a true story, supposedly. Okay. Um, and so that is mine. So I'll <laughs> go ahead and start us off. So this is based, actually, on a Reddit post. Um, oh. Yeah, it originated on Reddit. About seven years ago. And it was a story... The question, the thread started with the OP asking, original poster, asking what's the scariest true story you ever heard. Mm. Or I think it was like specifically, what's the scariest story that's supposedly true that you ever heard. And again, this is supposedly true. Um, they explored this actually in a recent episode of WBU... WBUR's Endless Thread. So that's where I'm pulling this from. Um, but so it starts out. Uh, the post hit, was friends with uh, this person's parents. So this is originating with their story. Um, they were going on a date, a first date. And, you know, around the time that dates normally end, it was pretty late in the evening. They were going to say goodbye in part, in part ways. Um, the man who would eventually become this person's dad uh, decided to suggest that they go on a, a midnight walk in Provo Canyon, Utah. Um, he had apparently been in Provo Canyon a number of times. He's done a lot of rock climbing there, so he has a lot of experience navigating the canyon and so on and so forth. Uh, and she, you know, she, uh, the, one, the woman who would eventually become this person's mom, agreed um, that they would go. And so they, they went out, and it was super dark, uh, as it would imagine. It's almost mm-hmm. midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, it was a new moon, so it was even darker than it normally is. Um, and so they were out on this path, and they were walking, and things started to just feel off you know it was feeling creepy you know just like that general like is someone there someone watching us but they kind of like pushed on he he wanted to keep pushing on he was like you know gotta gotta make gotta look good in front of the the date you know (laughs) can't can't show her that i'm scared um but they get to this point uh they eventually reach this point in the path where they're kind of like you know slowing down looking around and he feels something touch his foot and at that point it's just like you know it's it's beyond what they think they can handle they're they're like all right let's just let's just get out of here so they kind of <laughs> hightail it out of there and that is 
the end of the story, they think. Um, until years later, um, they are watching an, a TV interview, local news, interviewing serial killer Ted Bundy. And Ooh. one of the questions that they ask him, uh, that is supposedly detailed in this, this, this news segment, um, what is the closest, talk about the time where you were closest to feeling caught. And he recalls this time where he lured this woman, uh, this young woman, into Provo Canyon many years prior and uh, had just killed her. And suddenly he sees two people coming up the path. <laughs> and he... Uh, he, you know, thought he was going to get caught. They come walking up the path. He's hiding in the trees. Um, and suddenly the guy that he's looking at accidentally kicks the corpse. And then suddenly they turn around and walk away. And he doesn't get caught. Oh, my God. That's insane. <laughs> so, yes, an absurd story. And, and like I said, they discussed this on WBUR's podcast, Endless Thread, and uh, the host, one of the hosts, actually kind of like tried to fact-check this story, and she, she couldn't find the news segment of which they talked about. There's, not, there's no record that she could find. It was a long time ago, so uh, you know it would make sense. And uh, the, the fact that it was a new moon, though, was something that she tried to look into. She looked at the, the known victims... Of Ted Bundy, it could also be one of his not known victims, but um, she looked at the known victims when they were kidnapped uh, and when they were killed, and she found one that was from just north of Provo Canyon and had gone missing just a couple days after the new moon, and so it had the moon had 11% visibility. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much a new moon, and it quite possibly that they stumbled on to this victim. I, I, think, it, I think her name was Maggie Ann Smith. Um, but they stumbled on to, to potentially this victim of Ted Bundy. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, so that's my, that's my spooky story. Okay, so mine is, uh, so I, there's a podcast I listen to, it's called Lore. And basically, it's hosted by a guy named Aaron Mankey. There's actually an Amazon... Uh, series that they've started on it because it's so good and basically what he does is the podcast is all about folklore so sometimes it's serial killers sometimes it's just terrifying stories other times it's just really weird and bizarre stories Mm -hmm. others it's historical like the origin of where the vampire came from or the werewolf how we kind of got these myths today and one of them is absolutely terrifies me it's called the it's the second it's the second episode he does it's called the bloody pit the bloody, the bloody pit. Okay. And I'm, I'm doing some quick, quick fact checking because it's been a while since I've, I've listened okay. to this episode. But basically, there was a they were building a tunnel through the mountains, and I believe Massachusetts, the Hoosack Tunnel, and they needed a basically a vent system above it, and so they were drilling down this pit, and more than 200 men died when uh, yeah over 200 men died during this period it took them 25 years to uh to build this thing uh people died from fires explosions tunnel collapses in one case by the hand of another uh oh my (laughs) yeah uh 
the tunnel now has a reputation for ghosts as well. I believe at one point, a someone walked in the tunnel, and then just were never seen again. I don't think the tunnel, the tunnel wasn't even finished. They just, just vanished. Oh my god! And I believe at one point, if I remember correctly, so a bunch. So the way that they did it, they had like a pulley system where they would lower men down to this pit, and uh, they they work and whatnot, and they'd pull them back out, and somehow. And they had drains that were constantly pumping water out of this pit as well. And they, at one point, something went terribly wrong. The, 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 the crank to get them all up got caught on fire and just and fell into the pit along with, like, the pumps and everything else. And so it started to fill up with water and, like, this mud and sludge. And they couldn't get to them. And so they just left them. Because they just assumed that they were they were dead from the fire and all this stuff fi- falling on them. Covered the pit, came back to it later, and they found a, a man-made boat out of just rubble thrown together and dead what? bodies on the boat that had somehow survived and ended up dying in this pit that they couldn't get out of. So did anyone survive? N- no, no one in the pit. They just found dead bodies. Like, like it's... Oh my god! It is a horrifying. You should listen to the episode because Aaron does a much better job of uh, of talking about it. And there's there's sightings of ghosts, and it's it's just it's oh, it horrifying. leaves me just every time I listen to it just just very kind of unnerved. No, uh, at the whole thing, it's it's so terrifying. When did this happen again? This was the bulk of the accidents and deaths. Or? Uh, it was started in 1851. Oh boy. So is it still something that's around? Is it still something that's utilized in some fashion I think today, so. or somewhere something people can go to? I think today? so. So here's here's one of the uh, one of the stories from it. So it was during that year that the explosive known as nitroglycerin was introduced mm. to America. Yes. The construction crew of the Hosack Tunnel would have the honor of being among the first crews to use it. On the afternoon of March twentieth, eighteen sixty-five, three explosive experts named Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Ringo Kelly decided to use the nitro to continue their work on the tunnel. They placed the charge and then ran back toward a safety bunker that would shield them from the effects of the blast. Brinkman and Nash never made it there, however. For some reason, Ringo Kelly stopped the charge before the other men could make it to the shelter. The two men were buried alive under tons of rock. Oh my god. Soon after the accident, Kelly vanished without a trace, leading, me- me- leading many to believe that the accident with the nitro might not have been an accident at all. He was not seen again until March 30th, 1866, when his body's was- body was discovered two miles inside of the tunnel. What? <laughs> it was found at almost the exact spot where Brinkman and Nash had been killed. The authorities quickly deduced that Kelly had been strangled to death. Deputy Sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated that he had been murdered between midnight and 3.30 a.m. that morning. The death was thoroughly investigated, but no suspects were ever found at the crime, and the crime went unsolved. Oh, my God. Yeah. According to rumors and whispers, they believed that Kelly had been killed by the vengeful spirits of Brinkman and Nash. Right. They came to feel that the tunnel was cursed, and many of them refused to enter it again. Some of the crew members walked off the job and did not return. The dark and brooding place with deep shadows and dripping water became known as a shunned one. It was best avoided, most believes, slowing the construction of the tunnel down even more. Uh, here's another one. So in 1868, the construction site was toured by Paul Tavers, a mechanical engineer and respected cavalry officer during the Civil War. He had received a letter from Mr. Uh, Mr. Dunn of the construction company, who had asked him to come and examine the, the tunnel. Apparently, the workers complained constantly of hearing a man's voice cry out in agony, and the SSA refused to enter half the completed tunnel after sundown. Dunn was convinced that strange sounds were nothing more than winds sweeping off mountainside, but despite his assurances, 
work had slowed down so drastically that he contacted Paul Travers to investigate the matter. Travers and Dunn went out to the site on September 8th, and the foreman, former military officer did not soon forget what he encountered there. He later wrote a letter to his sister and told her about the weird experience. Then and I entered the tunnel at exactly 9 p.m. We traveled about two miles into the shaft, and then we stopped to listen. As we stood there in cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man growing out in pain. As you know, I have heard this same sound many times during the war. Yet when, you turned up, when we turned up uh, our wicks on our lamps, there were no human beings in the shaft except Mr. Dunn and myself. I'll admit I haven't been this frightened since Shiloh. Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash and Brinkman. I wonder. Oh, my. So... Can you imagine if, like, one of them died, but the other one was, like, still alive and was trapped and was, like, oh, yeah. eating the flesh of the other one to stay alive? <laughs> and there was, like, maybe a light spring enough to get some water to survive, and he literally lived like that for years. And then he popped out and killed that one other guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, like, that's just two of the stories. Like, there's several yeah. more. This tunnel is absolutely terrifying. I kind of want to go visit it just to, right, just yeah. to see it. Uh, All right, well, there are the Spooktober stories. I'm not, I've never really big it, been uh, into scary stories, so I don't have another one, but uh, I don't know if you would. One you always heard or told growing up or anything? Oh, just like a, like a campfire ghost story? Sure, I mean... <laughs> I mean there was one that always terrified when I was I was a child at a uh, summer camp. Uh-huh. One of the counselors told us a story about uh, these four boys that, in the middle middle of the night, went out canoeing uh, without like their counselor's permission, just out in the middle of the lake. And... They were, they were rowing, they were canoeing, and their canoe capsized. They all went underwater, and three of them in shore, barely, and then one of them uh, couldn't swim, or was, had, was trouble swimming, so he was splashing about in the water. And one of them had taken a canoe paddle in with him, and for some reason had some rope as well, tied it to the paddle, and tried to throw it out to the, the kid in the middle of the lake, or at least near him. <laughs> Ended up cutting off the kid's arm. What?! <laughs> As a, ch- as a child, I didn't think about this. I was going to say, wait, what is this? <laughs> as a child, I was like, oh my god! Okay, cut it, cut and it, he ended up dying. Well, uh, later on in the week, they felt terrible about it. And as one well, would. Yeah, so yeah. One, of, one, of them, one of them went back, and he was standing at the edge of the lake, and as he was standing there, a hand came out of the water, grabbed his ankle, and <laughs> dragged him back down <laughs> into the lake. As, a, as like a six-year-old, this terrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah. It horrified me. He, yeah. The counselor, like, he was really good at like telling ghost stories. So I was like, oh, oh my god, like I, could, I didn't go near the lake the entire trip. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to die that way. Okay, yeah, that well, that that one, we're not gonna be able to top that one. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that's a stupid <laughs> story. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for sharing anyway. Uh, here, here's a question for you. Um, what is, or what would you say, your, your favorite or some of your top favorite scary movies? Ooh. Because I'll preface this with saying I don't, I've never really liked scary movies. Yeah. I don't normally care for them. Um I mean, not even just because they're scary, but also because they're, they're not normally good movies. Like, there's usually pretty bad acting. A lot of it often is just, like, torture porn yeah, and gore. Yeah, it's usually not that great. So, so I usually just, like, steer clear of them. Um, but there, you know, there's some quality out there, so... Uh, so, I mean, there are some good ones out there. 
I will say the the first half of the Quiet Place was actually really good. I still didn't see that. Okay, the first half. I, the first, I the heard first it half's was really amazing. Good. Everyone I, who's ever seen it that yeah. I talked to has liked it. I just never saw it. The first half is really, really, really good, and then the second half it just becomes a very stereotypical oh, really? horror movie, horror monster movie. You're like, oh, okay, like that. Why, why are they doing that? Why, like, why would you do that? Like, that's yeah. Okay, that's stupid. The first half is really, it's just very eerie because no one, no one's talking. It's like the quietest movie you've ever obviously been to. Right. And the monsters are actually s- terrifying because you don't really see them. You just kind of see the actions of them. So the first half of that is actually pretty scary in my opinion. Or very just mm-hmm. unnerving. I, I don't know if it counts as a horror movie, but the I'm John... Like a scary movie. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Is that... I know that one. Why, why, With uh, why uh, Kurt Russell in it? I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, in, the, in Antarctica? In Antarctica, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that is I was going to say, I know, I know that. <laughs> that is an excellent movie, and quite horrifying mm-hmm. as well, cause especially the ending, because you don't know who's who at that right, point. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so, one of my... One of... What one of the franchises I hate the most, but like had a, a good one, um, and I'll you know I'll say I only saw the first one in its entirety. The other ones I saw parts of and never cared to actually watch them in full because they're the epitome of torture porn. Uh, the Saw franchise. Yeah. Honestly, the first one was I it because w- it wasn't just a matter of torture porn. I mean, it was more than that. And then as they progressed, it was just coming up with like more the, sadistic, the traps weirdest and, way you could yeah. kill someone. And and that you know that wasn't something I, I cared about. Um, the first one was actually pretty good. I, I remember this one scene, and I, it's just in my head, so I can't tell you what which saw it came from or even the context of it. I just remember this one death that really got to me at the time. Um, this car was revving its engine and it was going you know really fast um and it was like lifted up and so he had to i think it was a he had to uh you know just you know get the challenge you know uh, complete the challenge to be able to unlock himself and get out or someone else had to i think uh, because he was glued into the car he, he was literally like his back was glued into the car so long story short they fail the car hits the ground, speeds into this like lower wall, and the guy crashes through the windshield. His skin rips off his oh. back because there's so much force. So the, the skin is still glued to the seat, and he smashes through the windshield with this bare back. Oh. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, like, that's just... Oh, that's too I much. can only imagine. And I don't even know if that guy was quite dead yet. He was certainly knocked out because his head went through the windshield yeah. and he hit a wall. But, like, he, there may have, he may have even, like, drifted in and out of consciousness before he, like, bled out and died, too. So oh, my God. Like, that's oh, horrible. That's awful. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, so oh that wasn't gosh. great. Did you ever see any of the Wrong Turn movies? No. Really? I don't even know what those are. I don't even know those. Uh, oh my god, they're so bizarre. Uh, they, were, they were pretty low-budget films, but they actually, at least the first few, performed well at the box office. Um, essentially, there's different groups, and the first one, I think, is just a group of like young campers. I mean, like young, like spring break, like college-age campers. Um, I think the third 
I want to say it was a group of, uh, it was like a reality TV show that they were filming. But it happens in West Virginia in like this, this incestuous family that was like poisoned by all this radiation coming from this local plant. I think it was a coal plant, but it didn't look like any kind of ration that would come from mm. a coal plant. Forget about that. Um, and they were just like these mutated weird human things they're not fully human but they are and they're mm. like weird strength but also all this you know Destroyed weirdly it. formed and yeah and the you know they just kill whoever is in the <laughs> who's ever around you know so uh, so th- those were i remember my sister really liked those that was my inter- interaction mm. or introduction to kind of those were some of the earlier quote-unquote scary mm. movies that i saw because my sister loved them also, I can't believe I forgot about out about this, but the It movies. Yes. They are fantastic and very unnerving. Yes. Oh my god. The first It Chapter One of of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um amazing. I still haven't seen Chapter Two. Chapter Two's good. It's I, not it's not as good as Chapter yeah, One, but it's still it's still very good. I certainly I certainly wanna see it just to see the conclusion, but yeah, I'm definitely I definitely want to see it, and I'm upset I haven't seen it yet because I was waiting for it to come out. And it's very good. I, I just kind of glossed it over, but and terrified. Yeah. Oh my god. I so again, I'm not big in a scary movie, so I didn't. I went to see it because my girlfriend at the time was like, "Oh my god, we gotta go see it. I love it." <laughs> and you know, she was completely horrified of it. Um, but I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a chance." Um, and I left the theater like, holy shit, that was amazing. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, and, and what I liked most about it is that it wasn't a bunch of cheap jump scares and, and gore. No. It was, it was just, it was unnerving content that was, like, just genuinely, like, thrilling and horrifying to watch. Which oh, yeah. is what made it such a good movie. And I think, I love the, the, the backstory behind it because they explain it really well. Because most horror movies... You watch and you're like, that was, why didn't the monster just grab them there? That makes no sense if they're yeah. trying to kill them. Where in it, the whole goal is to scare the living hell out of the yeah. kids. That's how what he feeds on. I'm like, That makes sense as to why he's doing all this just insane things and not just outright killing killing the kids. He's, he's essentially fattening them up yeah. for dinner. Yeah. I thought that that's almost scarier yeah. than anything that he feeds on your fear. Yeah. And like, how do you combat that? Yeah. How do you, how, I heard something. We're talking about. We're talking about scary stuff. Did you ever see the original it, the TV movie? No, I didn't. Um, I I never saw the whole thing. Uh, I I remember from what I like heard as far as like reviews go of it at the time. It was definitely, especially for a TV movie, it was like ahead of its time. Um, but I, you know, it's not. It's not like these, you know. This, these, of course, these are big uh, box office budgets. You know, they got a little bit more going on here, and and they've performed accordingly. But uh, yeah, even the original, I guess, was incredible for for mm-hmm. the time. That's what I heard, like it was good. Parts of it were really good. Yeah. Uh, there is a a show called it's uh, it's called Channel Zero. Have you ever heard of it? It's on I Sci-Fi. I don't think so. Okay. Well, it does like each season's. Like a mini series horror story. It's based off of uh, like a creepy pasta story that someone's posted online. <laughs> They're actually pretty unnerving. 
Really? Uh, yeah, the, the first one is called... Uh, I don't know what the first season is called. But basically, this kid who has grown up... who Whose brother had died when they were young. His twin brother had died when he was young. Had grown up, like, left. And had come back to, like, to town for... Uh, I don't remember exactly, but reasons. I'm not trying to spoil anything. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And events, <laughs> events unfold where it's... It's just very disturbing and unnerving. You're just kind of like, what? Yeah. This is, and then you find out kind of what's going on. You're like, oh my god, like that's horrifying. And then they have the second season. I need to watch the other season, but the second season is also very fantastic. Where the the premise is that there is this haunted house that just randomly shows up now and again in mm-hmm. random places in the world. It's called the No End House. And the the rumor is, or the the legend is, that there's six rooms in this haunted house. And each room is scarier than the next one. And anyone who's made it to the sixth room is never seen again. Well, what's the point of trying then? Because well, it, it's, <laughs> that's, you're never seen again. That's the rumor, right? And like, oh, like it's it, you know, it's the it's the hype around it. Like, oh, it's like it's not All really right. real. Anyways, main characters make it to the sixth room, and then things happen. You're like, this is very disturbing and unnerving. So did they make it? Hmm? Do they make it? To the, to Spoil the that room. for us. Do they make it? They make it to the sixth room. Do they make it out? They make it to the sixth room. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I need to watch. I need to watch the other seasons because they seem like they they're really really good. Okay, so I gotta say my my uh, my favorite all time as of now. Um, there's still several in the recent in recent years and even recent months that I haven't seen yet. So I want to preface that. But one of my all time favorite scary movies is Robert Eggers' The Witch. Oh, that's the one that came out a few like yeah, a year or two ago. Yeah, a few ago, years it? ago. It okay. was set in pre-colonial uh, New England in this Puritan community where mm-hmm. this, this this family gets cast out for being, for being too conservative and strict by Puritan standards. Wow. Yeah. Because this guy is is accusing the town elders of being heretics. I mean, that's how much of a radical this guy is. So they get cast out into the wilderness, and it is literally the wilderness. They so they it's like this rural area. I believe they shot it in like Nova Scotia, and they had to do all the shooting in like a month because it was like the exact kind of of weather and sun huh. and the sky time. I mean, and they can only shoot for certain hours in the day. But um, so they went all out with it and. They are literally living on the edge of, of a wilderness. They're on the, on the edge of a forest. And in the forest, especially in, in those times, kind of represented witch and, and witchcraft, witches and witchcraft. And uh, you just this some really, we'll just say, crazy and unfortunate things start to happen to this family. And uh, to the point where um, they are literally... They're essentially trying to... I think I would argue that the point of the entire movie is to argue that whether you're on the extremes on either side, so you have this kind of, of, of evil and madness that they're claiming is represented by the wilderness, and they are on the exact opposite, this kind of extreme religiosity, they both end in the same way, essentially, is what the, the, I would argue the, the movie is, is stating. Hmm. Because you see these people essentially 
being cast into the wilderness and, and falling into some kind of madness and, and being lost to the wilderness. And it ends with a specific member of that family essentially becoming running away and becoming a witch. Like, complete with the the a bunch of naked women dancing around a fire the way that, like, w- some quote-unquote witches would do back then. They'd mm-hmm. run away into the forest and... And they'd be seen there dancing around a fire and floating into the air and yada yada. Uh, and that's how it ends. And it actually ends It ends with this crucifixion imagery because as she's being lifted into the air, she's in this cross shape. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible movie. Um, hmm. Definitely something... It. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites, if not my, my most favorite. But that brings me to the movie I really wanted to bring up. Which I just mentioned to you the other day. I saw it last night. I'm so mad that you saw it without me. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you cared to see it. I told you in the theater the other day. I was like, I really want to see The Lighthouse. Oh, did you? Yes. Sorry. Um, That's when you texted me. Oh, I went and saw The Lighthouse. I was like, what the heck, man? I'm sorry. I didn't know. I wanted to see that. I mean, I just, I needed to go see it. So it's officially out today. I, you know, went to the Thursday premiere last night. And I've been, it's, I guess, as he just said, it's called The Lighthouse. Robert Eggers' newest film. Every every movie he works on is amazing, and it first premiere, premiered at Cannes Film Festival to you know raving reviews. It was like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right as it premiered. Um, it is still as of now, after many more reviews, it's still at ninety one percent. As of a little bit ago, it's still at ninety one percent, and it is amazing. It is it is the perfect kind of depiction of of two men slipping into isolation and madness it is it is just insane and so much of it you're wondering like is this real is that real is that real how much of this is happening how much is this is he uh hallucinating and it basically just kind of ends with that question in mind like what just happened and you see and and the performances from robert pattinson and willem dafoe are just like groundbreaking and their depiction of of this uh descent into into madness is like nothing i've ever seen on from a movie before even from a horror movie it is insanely good look it up showtimes for it see if i can get a quick group of friends to see it tonight in the podcast you i mean it's, i would see it again you want to see it again yeah, let's right. go see it after this it is I really, I really want to it is i'll pick up a so i'll grab an amc a-lister yeah before i go there's another movie what there's another movie i feel like coming out this weekend that i need to see the current wars i don't know we can talk about that later yeah, I so I, 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 I'm excited to see The Lighthouse now. I, yes. I, so The first time I saw the trailer, I thought, I need to see this. Mm. This looks strange, and I really is, want to see it. It is so good. I'd recommend everyone see it, and I'd also recommend everyone give his first movie a shot, The Witch, because I think it's funny, and you even see this reflected in a lot of the reviews. The Witch is one of the most polarizing horror movies because there are so many people who went into it thinking it was going to be so much quote unquote scarier because they're used to those kinds of jump scares and mm-hmm. shit like that and it really didn't have any of that there i mean there really weren't any moments where you were jumping in your seat and horrified it was just unnerving see those it was just disturbing those are the movies i like more i don't like yeah, the jump scare movies like that yeah. i don't like i think the, the newest one was scares? the nun or the conjuring i, yeah, I don't like the, i like the i like the movies that have 
a strange premise that's yeah. not fully explained, and you're you're kind of figuring it out as you go. Yeah. And it's like uh, I think Shutter Island actually. I still haven't seen that. You have not seen Shutter Island? It's on my watch list. Oh my god. It's on my Amazon account. If you want an unnerving movie, Shutter Island just throws you around. Unfortunately, I know the premise now. But like, I remember when I heard the premise, I was like, oh my god, I'm sure that that's an amazing movie. It's fantastic. Yeah, those is, are the movies I like where it's there's no jump scares. Yeah. The whole horror is the situation itself. Yeah. It and you don't on know the, the circumstances at hand yeah. rather than all There's no cheap quote unquote monster. The monster is yeah. the world that you're living in. I think those are way more horrifying yeah. than a ghost or some monster trying yeah. to like eat you. And one of the one of the greatest things about the witch is that it's shot in black and white on thirty five millimeter film. So it is this gorgeous texture that just ma- it just adds to this rustic and kind of dark feel oh, yeah. that you get from it, the movie anyway. The the way if the way it's shot and just the way they act makes it look like those old films. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's seen clips of, like, the really old, weird films that were filmed way back in the day. Yeah. they're like, oh, that's kind of a s- strange film. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see it. It is a, it's a beautiful movie and a completely horrifying movie. So speaking of movies, I I don't know if you've seen it, but I went and saw Joker. Yes, I just saw that earlier. Okay, you did see that. Yeah, okay, yeah, good, yeah. good, good. That is. I'm a, really using that AMC A list. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, about to pay, I'm about to pick it up. I need to go see. I need to go to movies. I love going to movies. Yeah. I just haven't in a while. That is a hell of a movie. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up too because earlier today it officially surpassed Deadpool as the highest grossing R-rated movie. I'm not surprised. It. Yeah. Well, I love Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool's, Deadpool's great. great. This, this is funny. This, this is this just surpassed. This is more of a uh, just a cinematic experience overall. Yeah, yeah. I think this is not a superhero movie. Oh you know? no! It's, it's, oh no! I like there are it. No superheroes anywhere. You know? <laughs> I, I whenever when anyone I talk to asks me how I liked it, I say I preface I say it's, it's a great movie. I absolutely loved it. I will never see it again. Yeah. <laughs> I have no yeah. intention to like see it again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I will too. I mean, it's not something I'll avoid, but it's also not going to be one of those movies I'm like clamoring to get the the Blu-ray when it comes out. You know. Oh yeah. Um, not and that you know not to say it wasn't an amazing movie. You know, it it really was. It was phenomenal, especially for a, mm-hmm. a quote unquote you know super superhero movie. movie. Yeah. 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 It was one of the most stressful movies. I've ever watched. Yeah, it was pretty anxiety-inducing. Yeah, like, yeah. so I guess we can go in. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Try, you know, skip ahead a few minutes if you haven't seen the Joker yet and you want to. Yeah, it's... Because there's a lot of spoilers in this film. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, yeah, so I really hope that with... Because DC is a mess right now as far as yeah. their movies go. And I hope that... It, the success of Joker, which is probably one of their biggest, if not biggest, 
movies at this point. Yeah. Uh, if they start to realize, oh, like we can do something different. Right. Like, yeah. more, more of these one-off yeah. s- single stories, low budget, that focus more on the character than the yeah. giant CGI I saw, action scenes. I saw a tweet earlier today, um, or maybe it was yesterday, I think it was today, um, that it was saying DC decided to stop trying to be Marvel and figured out that it could just go back to being DC and find success. Yeah. So these, yeah, like the Dark Knight trilogy. Great. One of the best trilogies ever, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So good. One of the most amazing uh, franchises, you know, that that kind of Christopher Nolan's take on on Batman is just fantastic. Um, And then all this, like, nonsense with the... Justice League, Batman versus Superman, yeah, yeah, DCU. Garbage. And then and then they produce this, and it's like wow. it's amazing. It's like why can't you guys always do this? You I th- know, I think they're starting to figure it out because I also saw the Shazam movie. I haven't seen that. Yet. It was it's re- it's it was actually good. really good. I really love it. Zachary Levi, who if you don't know who that is, he played Chuck in the show Chuck. Yeah, I know who that is. One of my all-time favorite TV shows. I actually own the entire yeah, set on DVD. Yeah, Blockbusters was going out of business back home, so I bought, <laughs> I bought it all. Bought every disc. It was, it's mine. Right. I love Chuck, and he does a great job because he just he plays an, uh, a child in an adult's body yeah. so well because that's I think that's just kind of how he is as well. It's just right, a, yeah. a adult, child in an adult. That body. always helps. So I thought they did. I thought they did a really good job with Shazam. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I want to see more of Zachary Levi. No, what was was that an R-rated movie? No, it was PG thirteen. It was definitely, I mean, way more violent than okay. any anything Marvel does. Because right. at one point, so they're fighting the seven deadly sins, and when they show them, they're gro- very grotesque and horrifying creatures. And at one point, they slaughter an entire boardroom and just oh. eat them all, and like you can see blood. And I was like, wow, that's. A yeah. little, little harder than any Marvel movie. Yeah, and you know what? And, and I think that that's not only okay, I think that's what DC needs to do. Because these characters aren't the Marvel characters. You know, especially now, given that the MCU has reached the you know the end of its first giant phase. Um, ten years later. <laughs> yeah, ten years later. Um, like, you know, those characters created this, this, they took advantage of this market segment that pretty much can include everybody, where, you know, you could take a 13-year-old to it, you could take a 16, a 6-year-old to it, or you could take a 30-year-old yeah, to a it. Yeah, a 60-year-old to it, it. like, they'll enjoy it, they'll like it. But, uh, on the other hand, I mean, it, it's also a lot more watered down as a result. You know, the fact that, um, in the first Avengers, I mean... The fact that they pretty much—I mean, like, sure—some buildings got knocked over, but like, you don't see civilians dying. You see the—you see the the aliens missing the civilians. You know, oh, you yeah. don't see them dying. You can just like, oh well, I'm sure there were some people in that building that just got knocked over that died. Oh yeah, or thousands of people died. Yeah. or in Age for of, sure in Age of Ultron, where t- where Tony Stark is confronted by that one guy's mom. You know, that was a kid that died. We didn't see it, but suddenly it launched Tony on this entire mm-hmm. road that that led to this. Uh, you. And accords and yada yada, um, all this stuff that like we don't see, all this violence that we don't see, and like I'm not saying that you know maybe there's a place for it. It the place is you know for the six year olds, yeah. you know for the families that want to take their kids to see a hoop, a superhero movie. I when I 
what I want from a superhero movie, I want Deadpool. I want Logan. <laughs> Logan I, was I want, so good. I want Joker. You know, I mean, yeah. and, you know, Joker again. Not, not like I said, it's not really a superhero movie, but like th- that's the kind of movie I want because it's an exploration of of these well established characters, but it goes into the the raw nature of the characters rather than just like mm-hmm. the surface level fluffy comic book yeah. bullshit. And I was reading re- uh, reviews and just stuff about movies a while ago, and I think the the best thing that kind of points this out is in the uh, the Dark Knight movie when the Joker and Batman are facing off, and he has the the detonator for those two ships or the mm-hmm. two uh, uh, fairies. Yeah. And it was someone pointed out that that scene was so good and like stressful because you didn't actually know if Batman was gonna win or not. Like you were like, I think he's gonna save him, but he. At the same yeah. time, you're like, it easily could go the other way and he'd actually blow them all up and you don't actually know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's what makes those movies so good is that you don't already know the outcome. Yeah. And every Marvel movie, it's like, they're going to win. Like Everything's yeah. going to be turned out fine. No even, one's going to die. Even uh, at the end of, uh, oh, what was it? Not Endgame. The Infinity War. Um, where, you know, everyone, the producers and press, and press uh, interviews, they were all like, oh no, they're dead. No, they're, no, they're not. not. Everyone knows they're no, not. They're not. No, they're not. And everyone knows that. Like, they're going to come up. back. Yeah, and they all did, except for Black Widow, who was there at least the beginning of the movie. Yeah, killer. Nah. Even Gamora yeah. came back, yeah. who I died mean, in the first Yeah, okay. like, shut up. Like, everyone, yeah. Everyone's and dead. I think that's what's so good about the... I think, hopefully, the way DC is going is you can kill off people. Yeah. Or you can show these terrible things that happen, and it, it adds weight and levity and actually... Yeah. Uh, you know, weight to people's choices and circumstances. Yeah. Like the Joker, uh, one of the scenes that I, I I had no idea what was gonna happen was when uh, the the midget guy and uh, the other guy from the clown agency oh, came yeah, in. Yeah, and oh, that was Joker and Joker was really got, he was off his he he it was a slow line. He's like, oh yeah, I stopped taking my meds and I feel much better now. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, I have I actually don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I have no idea what he's gonna do. And he ended up shooting the bigger guy, and the the smaller the smaller guy, the midget was just like cowering in the corner, just yeah. horrified for his life. And Joker looked at him. He's like, "No, you are you are always nice to me. I'm you know, you, you can go. It's fine." I was like, is he is he playing him yeah. or what? And then he, he goes to the, the door. Yeah, locked. He, he's the door is locked. So the midget he's trying to unlock the door, but he can't reach it. And Joker is oh. like, "Oh, don't worry, like." you he stands up and goes oh, over the door and unlocks it is he yeah is he gonna let him go after he just witnessed him murder a guy and i was like i don't i don't know what's gonna happen and then he ends up letting him go i was like what yeah it's just it was such yeah. a tense scene because i didn't know how it was gonna play yeah. out was, and which is perfect uh, illustration of, of his psychopathic behavior oh yeah I mean, that's not normal. You just kill oh. a guy sitting in the corner. Like, oh, yeah, you were always nice to me. Yeah. And uh, then laughs when he can't reach the lock. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, I forgot. And gets like, up and unlocks it for yeah, him. Yeah, like, as if he, nothing weird had but just did happened. Did you he kisses his head? Did you know? Yeah, that? I did see He's that, like, yeah. kisses his head. He's like, what the fuck? Oh, it was so, that's, the last act of the Joker blew my mind away. Because yeah. I, I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. So one one of my favorite things about the movie, I, I kind of processed the processed this at length with the, uh, a friend who called me last week to see if I had, had seen it, and I hadn't yet. Uh, I, I think it's so 
It's interesting because in pretty much every other uh, Batman um, related movie, Thomas Wayne is depicted as this man of great honor. I, I noticed and that this kindness one. and empathy. And in this one, he's a complete scumbag. I mean, he's he's I uh, someone pointed out he's he's kind of like uh, this movie universe is Donald Trump. You know, the slick back hair, the kind of big city mogul who doesn't care about other people and is just selfish and rich. And it's so it's odd because it's like you pretty almost at every turn for like the first half of the movie you empathize with Joker. Like yeah. you're you're like on his side and then by the end you see him do some of these horrible things and you know half the city in the movie is still on his side but it's like whenever it comes to a head when he's on this show uh, live with Murray Franklin Murray Franklin plays by Robert De Niro who did an excellent job extremely well done yeah uh it all kind of comes to a head because this guy, you thought that, again, spoiler alert, you thought that the Joker was going to shoot himself on live TV. Um, but instead, he just kind of goes off on this tangent about how people were mean to him and, the you know, what happens when, uh, you know, someone you treated like crap comes back, you get what you pay for. I mean, it was just, it was almost kind of like this childish rant about how the world was mean to him. And he himself said, and I and I believe him when he said it, that earlier in the same scene that he's not political, he wasn't showing up there to be political. He kind of just became the figure for this kill the rich movement. But at first, he really was. It was more just about him getting revenge on the people that were mean to him. And he kind of fell into this. So it was almost like we're invited he- to almost agree with him. But we see how horrifying it yeah, is. Yeah, he like accidentally so he started this yeah. thing. Yeah. I didn't know And suddenly that, yeah. he becomes, you know, he gets like paraded around the street as like a hero. And I thought it was interesting, the, the whole, uh, so Thomas Wayne. And I thought it was an interesting kind of take on that. Because Thomas Wayne is always depicted as this knight in shining armor. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere where you always see them depicted through Batman's view. Yeah. And, like, how, like, the good people view Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And then you get to see, you know, how the Joker and, you know, the people that aren't so great. Well, well yeah, the well-off yeah. see Thomas. I think that's, like, kind of a good contrast because uh, there's probably the middle ground where Thomas Wayne actually was. Yeah, probably. Which is which makes more sense, but you kind of get the, like, you, the, con- the contrast of how, you know, yeah. some, like, the, like, the not people who aren't as well-off see Thomas Wayne. And then how other people see Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And neither of those is quite correct. It's not the entire story. Yeah, there's not the entire story. Aspects of it are true, but it's not exactly who he was. I thought that was really, really interesting yeah. why they did that. Yeah. Great movie, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, hope, I hope DC does more of these kind of yeah. one, one movie spinoffs. Yeah. I enjoy them a lot more. Yeah, that'd be really good. I remember hearing way back when that that this was going to be a movie and I was like okay yeah I'd, I'd enjoy seeing that I heard Joaquin Phoenix was going to be the Joker and I was like um I don't know and then you know months ago when they first put out like their first promo it was like 30 seconds uh, Warner Brothers put it on Twitter I don't know where else they put it but I saw it on Twitter uh, it's just 30 seconds mostly like not even of the Joker just like music and some pictures and then at the end it shows his take on the Joker and I remember at that point I was like 
Okay, maybe this will be really good. And then was it the, the one where he's walking down the hallway with the flowers in the suit? No, this one. It was before that one. He was even. He was in an elevator, and he was just kind of like chuckling to himself. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that one. I saw that. I was like, um, Ooh, that could be good. And then by the first trailer, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go see this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling yeah. good about it. The soundtrack was incredible. Oh as well. yes, I listen to it every once in a while because the, yeah. the cello in it is so just. Yeah. Haunting. And all the all the the kind of like swing music that's added onto it that kind of sounds like this this upbeat and fun music. It's so good. Yeah. Definitely go see it if you haven't. Yes. Highly recommend it. Yes. Uh, just have something back home to call kind of calm yourself down with <laughs> like something light and fluffy to make you feel a little better. Yeah. Because you will yeah. you will not come out feeling good after watching it. Okay, so we'll uh, finish up now with with best and worst of the week. Uh, you want to start, Dylan? Hmm. So yeah. So my best of the week, it's it's pretty benign, but it made my day. Uh, I ordered a pizza and some garlic knots from Hideaway Pizza, which uh-huh. which if you don't if for those of you that don't know Hideaway Pizza, it's a it's a gourmet specialty pizzeria. It's fantastic pizza. It's super super good. Their pizzas are kind of expensive. I think I paid $25 for the medium pizza and the garlic knots. Yeah. That's, it, that's the downside. It's the downside, but it's, it's worth it. It's pretty good. It's yeah. every once in a while, once a month kind of thing, or like one a special night, it's worth it. And so I ordered it, and I, I ordered it online. I went to go pick it up at, the, at the, the pizzeria, which is really close to where I live. Got there. Turns out they had never gotten my order for some reason. And so they quickly went to the kitchen, like, hey, we need this for this guy now, and refunded me my entire ticket. Oh, that's so nice. I got a free Hideaway pizza and garlic knots. Oh, it's, it's super, <laughs> it's su- it was super simple and doesn't really mean anything, but yeah. it, it, it made me happy. It small made my week. Thing, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a small thing. Enjoy the small things. If yeah. Zombieland Two has taught me anything, yes, right. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we saw Zombieland Two. Great oh, movie. Oh yeah, another <laughs> Halloween. Oh yeah, kind so of that's style. that's my second best movie because uh, Zombieland yeah, Two. That was a good movie. That was a great movie. That or that can be your good. best. It doesn't matter. Well, I I have I so I have one that's kind of my best and my worst. Um, there are a couple other things I thought I wanted to talk about. Two of them are political, so I'm, you know, oh, uh, we're not going to bring it up. Um, I will, I'll bring up this one. I'm not going to go too far into it. Um, there was this article in the New Yorker this past week. I'd encourage everyone to go read it. They should be able to read it for free, um, at least if they don't already read outside the paywall. But it's called The Title, and, you know, if you're like me, you're going to eye-roll. Uh, it's okay. I should also say it's actually a next week's issue, but it's already on NewYorker.com. Um, it's called Astrology in the Age of Uncertainty, mm-hmm. and it is the whitest nonsense you'll you'll read this that month. Sounds pretty nonsensical. Yeah. Um, so that is that was uh, that was kind of vomitous reading that, but I you know I read it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. the, the, but my best, and again, it's kind of a best and worst. So it's no secret that a number of times we've talked about video games on this podcast. I hate Call of Duty. I go on, I rant about how much I hate Activision <laughs> and how it's they ruin the franchise with all this fluff and bullshit. It's horrible. However, today I saw on my app store. Call of Duty Mobile. Oh, yeah, that's rolling out. And I downloaded it, <laughs> and I had so much fun. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what. I mean, like, honestly, it's not that I couldn't play on a console. But honestly, putting it on a phone, 
Um, there's two. There's two things with it. So putting it on the phone. First of all, it's actually it's it's one of the only mobile games I can actually say is like nice. Like it's. it's I'm out to try that. It's 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 fantastic graphics. I mean, mobile games have come a long. Oh way, yeah. You know, uh, so th- these are actually like really good graphics, um, which I was incredibly surprised about. The second thing, which isn't necessarily a good thing or a compliment, it's also hilarious to play. Because most people are used to having a controller to play with, you know? <laughs> On the phone, you don't have a controller. You have two sides of the screen. Oh, yeah. And so I went 9-1 and one, my, first, my first game. Nine kills and only one death. Because people, <laughs> they, they just couldn't aim. <laughs> because... It's 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 hard to to you, be you able to. You don't have to, the feedback. Yeah, you don't have that, and you're trying to aim, and there's like a separate button to to aim down. I mean, so imagine with a controller, you have a whole thing, you have a button to aim, a button to fire, and two uh, joysticks to like move and continue to aim to compensate. On this, you have one screen, you have your two thumbs to like move and to aim, and like. In order to fire, in order to fire and aim, you have to you had to have hit it beforehand, and then dragged it, and then start aiming with it. Oh and I mean, so so I would literally I'd walk into somebody, and they without aiming, they would just like be shooting like this and like <laughs> going side to side to try and keep me in their sights. I'm gonna have to try this. And, and, it, and it was I mean, so it's not a good thing. It was just hilarious playing because everyone was bad. You know, which and and sometimes it's really like annoying to get into a battlefield, get into Call of Duty. There's these people who are already so good at it because they've been playing it for years and they've even though oh, the yeah, game's they're, been they're out for twelve keep, hours, yeah, camping you, just yeah. Fun. the game's been out for twelve hours, but they've been playing it for those twelve hours, so they're already miles ahead of you in, in ranks and everything. But like on this, it's like an evil or an even <laughs> playing field. I mean, everyone's just horrible, and it's hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to try so, this. So yeah, I would say go try it. Don't keep it. Don't, <laughs> don't give them your business. They don't deserve it. But try it and then quit. And you know, because because uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll keep it. Maybe it's fun. I will say the game is a gigabyte. Yeah, I just so, noticed that. Yeah, for a mobile game, that is huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I have crap ton of storage on this building. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm about out. Uh, I was able to squeeze it on there, and I probably got to get rid of a few things to nice. freeze it, free up a little space. Right. But anyway, so yeah, so that's my, my best and worst. Okay. I hated that I liked it. You hated that you liked it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if, have we talked about the Activision Blizzard censorship thing yet? Oh, in China? Yeah. About the, <sighs> the winner of the Hearthstone tournament? We haven't talked about it. <laughs> I just, that's I my just, worst. No, I'm going to rant. I'm going to rant just, about well, censorship. So okay. I don't. So I'm just going to say, uh, that whole thing is my worst of the week because I hate what's going on with that. Right. Blizzard sucks. Blizzard oh, sucks. Blizzard yeah. sucks. And then Bethesda sucks as well. Yeah, but Bethesda already sucked. Bethesda already sucks, but they suck <laughs> even more. So we'll we'll talk about the Blizzard things another time. So other worst of the week. So Blizzard. So you know the game Fallout seventy six mm-hmm. and the heap of garbage trash right. that it shipped as. Yeah. So now. Uh, Bethesda wants to create a subscription service within the game where what? you pay ten dollars a month for your own server. What? You're not even your own server, your own private session. But it's so buggy that you can't keep people from joining your private session. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Can Bethesda do anything right? Every game they make, everything they do is just buggy as shit. 
And every year at E3, Todd Howard gets up on that stage acting like, oh yeah, I'm the guy behind uh, Elder Scrolls. You're an idiot, and everyone who works for you doesn't know what they're doing. On the bright Get side, off that stage. On the bright side, the original developers of the Fallout series uh, put out their game Outer Worlds. And it, and it has raving reviews. Oh, well, that's. And it's not even that buggy. Well, how oh, good. It's <laughs> quite polished from what I heard. Did they? Was it Bethesda that published it? No, or? Obsidian. Oh, so they. So it, they, oh, the people that left Bethesda. Bethesda. <laughs> and they, we're, they we're some, of the, some of the original okay. creators, I think, uh, Fallout and Fallout New Vegas. Right. And I think another when game. Fallout was good. Yeah, when Fallout was really good. Yeah. So they made Outer Outer Worlds. And from what I've heard, it's super good. This like the storylines are super in depth and everything. Yeah. So. So, raving reviews so far well, from what I've heard. That's exciting. Yeah. So, I'm um, have to pick that one up. Well, we'll end this episode with... with I, I don't remember if I told you. I did take advantage of The Last of Us for free. That was on... Oh, yeah? No. So, I have it. So, I'm going to play it. Cool. And I finally looked at the... the I will say the latest, just because I don't know if there was more than one, but I saw the, the latest uh, trailer for Last of Us 2. And uh, I... I'm pretty damn excited for it. It's been delayed until think... March. What? I thought it was January it was coming out. It was delayed. What? I just, I just saw that thing yesterday or today. Oh, I was like, no! <laughs> well, that's a shame. Uh, well, if it means it comes out polished, yeah. I'm fine. I can wait an extra few months. But yeah. Oh, it's going to kill me. Yeah. Could I have it in February? Wouldn't that have been nice? Oh, man. All right. Happy Spooktober, everybody. Well, by the time we have another episode, that'll be November, so it'll mm-hmm. be turkey season. But, yep. uh, you know, if you're uh, enjoying trick-or-treating, have fun. Don't get arrested, because I see, I've seen a bunch of uh, posts <laughs> from local governments about a bunch of, like, fines and potential jail time for kids one, trick-or-treating one, past one, one more quick worst of the week, because I just remember this one as well. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's related to Spooktober. Okay. So I went to a uh, ha- Halloween store. With some friends because we were they were picking up some stuff. Like we were gonna one of those go like spirit Halloween. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, and I was just walking around. I was looking at some of the costumes, and the shit that women have to deal with no, on their know. costumes because it'll know. say like pirate costume. Every single costume should really just have sexy, sexy pirate in front of it. Because good lord, I feel sorry for y'all. Yeah, because you can't just ago, get a normal costume. Yeah, a couple years ago there was this one. It was a John Oliver costume. I saw that the sexy John Oliver. I mean, just sit like that. Like, there's the like fuck? literally no pants. It's just a checkered shirt. Yeah, with a, with a loose tie and glasses. I know. I was like, what? Like what? I, there was a uh, you remember Ezio from Assassin's Creed? No. It was basically sexy Ezio. Oh my god. Okay. Have a great one. Carpe Noctum is a production from Gaudium, for fun, for future. Hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiefer, mixed and edited by Dylan Shoup. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.